All right, welcome to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast, where we are on episode, I don't know, not sure. We're uh, sort of just stopped counting at this point. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out towards the end of the show. Um, sorry that this episode is a day late, uh, but we have a reason that it's a day late. We'll get to that uh, in a minute and why why we're a day late. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Sam, it's uh, it's been a minute. And uh, for anybody who's uh, listening, um, this episode is going to come out uh, on Wednesday, March 4th. Um, Sam's birthday is uh, March 5th. So this is uh, this is kind of like Sam's birthday episode. Big 21. A little bit, I know. And hey, guess what? Now that you turn 21, you can finally have a drink, right? Because you've never done that before. I've never had a drink of alcohol. I right. hear it's actually really fun. Right. I'm sure it is, you know? My mom like turns into a completely different person when she has a glass of wine, so right. I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, how you been, man? Like, how's your week? Uh, I've been good. Uh, you know what's fun? Reason uh, a little behind the scenes here. The reason I uh, accepted that last invite late and ruined the last attempt at a show was because me and Ben are trying to figure out uh, tickets for this Saturday's game of Portland v Sacramento, and the tickets are so expensive. Why? And it doesn't make any sense. That's really weird. Because I guess I guess because the Kings are like the hottest team in the NBA. And the Trailblazers are just trying to, like, piggyback off of that fan. I guess, you know. It doesn't make it – like, it was um, – to get, like, an actual seat in the last row was $56. <laughs> That's ridiculous. To sit in the last row of the Motor Center. To watch the Portland Trailblazers and the Sacramento Kings. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. Damian no. Lillard isn't even playing. Wow. Well, they're – I mean, they're really only going to see, like, Harry Giles now, right? Oh, Harrison Barnes, max player, or Kent Bazemore, the best player on the court. I know. My dad was my dad the other night when we were watching the game. He was like, "So where did uh?" He's like, "All right, where did uh Len come from?" And I was like, "Atlanta." And he was like, "Where did uh Bazemore come from?" And I was like, "Atlanta." And I was like, uh, "He's like, have they uh?" Went? He was like, "They were sort of uh coming around the middle of the season, right?" I was like, "Yeah." And I can't imagine life without either one of them. Um, because as soon as they, as soon as they showed up to the uh, to the Kings, they turned into like completely different players. Like Alex Len is like best center in the league. He's showing why he was the fifth overall pick once upon a time. Exactly, white guy centers, baby. <laughs> um, no, but so I, I got a quick story for you. It was one of the weird. It was one of the weirder things that that's happened to me um, over the past like month or so. It, at least it was un, it, not weirder things. It was kind of uncomfortable. So oh gosh, at, at Sierra, right? Where did he touch you, Jason? Okay, see, you're kind of you're kind of in the area, <laughs> so so here's here's the thing. So there was so there's a bathroom at Sierra, right? And there's um, it's a pretty small bathroom. It's got uh, two two urinals and one stall, but the two urinals are literally like like three inches apart from each other, and the stall is oh, right nice. next. Yeah, and the stall is right next to um, the one of the urinals as well. So if you were to stand with somebody. Um, if you were both standing at a urinal, you couldn't – like if you and I were both standing there, we couldn't stand side to side next to each other because we just – we wouldn't fit. Like the urinals are literally that close to each other. So if okay. one person is using the urinal, then like there's no room for a second person. So mm-hmm. I'm in the bathroom and I'm using one of the urinals, right? And mm-hmm. there's – the door to the bathroom comes like flying open and I swear like dents the wall because this dude just like bursts through the door. And then he turns the corner 
and I, I'm assuming sees that I'm uh, using the, the, the urinal. So he tries to open the stall and it's locked. So he's obviously in a panic because like he came in and like was ready, ready to pee. And he just can't right now. So I sort of like kind of peek a little bit over my shoulder. Cause I'm like, he's not gonna, he's not going to come try to like fit next to me. Like there's no way. So I can see out of the corner of my eye, he's like kind of steps towards me and then steps back and then is like contemplating like what to do. Wait, wait, wait. So let me, let me just paint this picture for everyone. Cause we are on just an audio uh, only show. Uh-huh. So you're standing there with your hand on your exposed penis, looking back at a guy that is considering coming over and joining you. I mean, I guess <laughs> if you want, if you want to paint it that way. So are you, you're currently like, is, is this the stream coming out right now? No. no. So you're just standing there with your penis out. Well, cause looking I, at another man. No, cause <laughs> I, cause I was, cause I was like just about to start going, going pee. And when he, when he burst into the room, so now I'm like distracted. And then this, and then, so here's what he does. Instead of coming and stand, instead of waiting, first of all, what he does is he stands probably about, I don't know, nine inches behind me, like leans. How, wait, wait, wait. How'd you know it was nine inches? Could you like feel him a little bit? Dude, I'm telling you, like he was <laughs> way too close. <laughs> and I swear he, instead of like waiting, he like sort of tilts forward or I should say leans back and like pelvic thrust forward and goes for like the world record um like arching pee shot into the urinal like steph curry from downtown into the urinal wait how far away from like how how crazy is this feet right here? dude i'm telling you it's at least it's at least a foot and a half <laughs> all right let's get let's get our um our esteemed guest that we got for you guys into this conversation because i think this is definitely this needs his expertise as someone that is trying to put an object onto a pinpoint spot. That's true. For, on a day-to-day basis. So why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest that we have for the show. So we got one of probably the most successful athletes of our class from Roseville High School joining us today. We have Big, which is kind of an oxymoron, but Big Jake Littlejohn joining us. Golfer at Laverne University. I know. What an intro. I know, right? Yeah, what like an that? intro. I it was yeah. Because Jason did just put me on the spot there, and I had nothing planned, so. <laughs> well, we don't ever have anything planned <laughs> for the show, so. <laughs> but, but, Jake. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, boys. Jake, if you're, Appreciate if it. you're peeing at Laverne, and some guy is standing two feet behind you and starts peeing in a stall in the urinal next to you, what are you doing? Man, I don't know. I feel like my focus would be on myself. Bro, I, bro, I left. <laughs> on... I left. I didn't. I literally just Wait, walked so out. No, I went to another bathroom. I left because I thought this dude was gonna like piss on my forearm. <laughs> like I'm telling you, he was. He was. Go- it was the world record longest pee shot in the world. Was he making it? Yeah. Oh, so what? Did, what did you have to worry about? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just uncomfortable standing there. Like with this dude, yeah, no, I so I left. I went to a different bathroom. Like, was I, his uh, was his pants around his ankles? I don't know. I didn't check. I didn't care. <laughs> I left. <laughs> I didn't look. I didn't look. I left. 
I left. Because if I – so if I would have turned left, I would have seen everything. So I turned right over oh, my every, right shoulder. Every, yeah, exactly. So I turned over my right shoulder and just – I just walked out and went to a different bathroom. I was like, I can't – I can't sit here while while uh, freaking this dude's Steph Curry from – yeah, there's no way. You were just ready to get out of there. Yeah, I was huh? ready to leave. You were like, yeah, I'm nope, done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out of there. He kind of asserted his dominance over you right there. Okay, fine. He won. I left. I, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, I was. I went to boot camp where there were no stalls and and uh, like literally on the stall like for stalls the doors were gone and then like so when it came to showers like all the showers were completely open. Yeah, I'm done with that. I I went through boot camp. I don't need that anymore. Seriously. Did you get Did you get a look at this guy's face? No. <laughs> like, what if he sees you just walking around Sierra College, and you guys make like really eye- awkward eye contact? I don't know. And then you fall in love. Okay, now you're just going down. <laughs> now you're just <laughs> taking it down a rabbit hole. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was a bit awkward. That was that was my story for the week. Um, probably not how anyone expected to open up the show, but you know it was. That's what happened this week. <laughs> um, so let's get to some actual uh, sports talk. <laughs> um, so we brought uh, we brought Jake on. The reason why the episode's uh, one day late is because you know he's got school uh, um, the day that we normally film. So we bu- we bumped it uh, to make sh- make room for Jake. Um, so and, and we're we're really excited to have to have him on because, uh, like Sam said, um, in terms of uh, people who have left Roseville High School and gone on to be successful in college and athletics, uh, Jake's uh, definitely uh, at the top of uh, the list. Um, so, and uh, I think when it comes to you know what we always do when we bring people on is we don't uh, we don't necessarily start with where you're at. We kind of start with because uh, a lot of pe- a lot of our audience uh, went to Roseville or went to, or were kind of in the Roseville area, so we kind of start from the beginning. So, obviously, Jake, I don't know when you started playing golf, but did you kind of like pick up golf in high school, or was it something that you sort of grew up with and then just sort of at Roseville sort of was like, okay, you know what, I really think I can take this to a uh, to the collegiate level. Yeah, so basically I started my freshman year in high school. Uh, but, I mean, I always grew up just on, like, Christmas and kind of birthdays and occasionally just played golf a couple days of the year with my dad and grandpa, which is one of the reasons why the game is so great that you can play it with multiple generations, which you don't see in a lot of other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I played baseball prior to high school, and then I made the decision to switch to golf. Um, freshman year, which is at the same time, so you kind of can't really play both. Um, but it turned out to be really um, one of the better decisions I've made in my life so far in terms of just meeting people social-wise. Just a lot of the aspects of the game have turned me into, like, just I've learned so much from the game about myself and to be with the team and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, I started freshman year in high school, and just like anything, worked my way up and slowly improved and eventually made it to the collegiate level. Um, and now we've found some success already at, um, in my third year. So what was – you said that you had played baseball um, before you played golf. So what was – what was the – I mean, why the switch? Why were you motivated to leave baseball and uh, and go to golf? Was it just a lack of enjoyment in baseball or did you – I mean, like what was, what was the uh, – what was the determining factor? <laughs> Um, actually pretty specific reason, just, um, solely focused on myself. I, I mean, it's a selfish way to put it, but, 
Uh, in golf, I just needed to take more ownership for my successes and failures. Um, and with baseball, you know, when you're at a high, it's great with the team. And when you're at a low, you know, the team didn't play well. But um, with golf, when you struggle, it's on you, you know. Mm. Um, and it's just super cutthroat and just did you succeed or fail that simple. So um, I wanted to take it upon myself and really put in the work. And ultimately, that's why the game's so great is because everyone has to put in their own work as an individual. And then that's how it works for the team is that you compete. But it so there's not really chemistry involved like other sports like soccer, baseball, but um, definitely an individual type mindset is what made me switch to golf for mm-hmm. sure. No, that's that's awesome. Do you have a um, so when you were when you were at Roseville, right? Um, at least, well, actually, I'll just ask you this question straight up. Do you have a do you have a favorite memory from Roseville uh, golf? Whether it be, well, I'll give actually I'll give you two questions. Do you have a favorite memory? Um, with the team and then do you have a favorite uh memory from like a match yes um so freshman year of high school i came to our program and the year before we had won zero matches zero we were like oh for 18 i'm not sure but we're in the sfl which was i mean if if you know golf you know it's historically kind of like a richer sport when you're in the SFL with Granite Bay, Oak Ridge, some of the richer high schools, you can expect that they're going to have some loaded golf programs. Yeah, yeah. Was, was, so uh, we didn't was win. Oakmont we didn't. Good? Um, they were they were okay. So then we switched to the CVC. Um, I think our sophomore year was it, I and think. it got a little easier. But, but yeah, I think it was. Um, anyhow, we switched to the CBC. <laughs> I like, think we're all trying to go we, back and trying to remember. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a long yeah. time ago. But anyway, it got a little easier. And then once we, especially our class of 2017, grew and eventually got to senior year, we had, I think, four seniors or five seniors um, playing. And we eventually made it to the playoffs. Um, pretty much came down to our final match, I think, against like Ponderosa. Won there, we got to the playoffs, and then we shot our career low as a team, broke 400 for the first time in probably high school history, whatever, 100-something years. Um, and then in the same event, I got to move on to the Masters as an individual. So I guess that kind of answers both parts of the question. Mm-hmm. Team moving on in playoffs and me moving on to Masters, was, which was great. Well, then I guess you and Sam sort of um, share – share in terms of uh in terms of history at Roseville kind of share something that you can take or lay claim to in terms of history of um uh history of Roseville you know Sam with your guys' team winning NorCal's that was the first volleyball team to do that and then you know for you guys uh for you and and the golf team for you guys breaking breaking 400 um for you guys to to be the first team to do that so you both have a um have a uh, piece of history at Roseville. That's that's pretty cool. Hey, good, yeah, definitely. Good job, I, mean, I, I think I was there for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yourself on the back I think I was there. there. <laughs> yeah, right. I think I was there for your playoff game when you guys won NorCal's. So and, I remember uh, seeing that in Dublin or wherever that high school was in. Uh, yeah, wherever that was in like the Bay Area. Yeah, we had actually a good following come up. I'm trying to remember the name of the team. That we played, yeah, against uh, Bellarmine. Yeah, Bellarmine, Bellarmine, yeah. Bellarmine Preparatory 
school or yeah i was i was i was always thinking uh you know like oh laughing at that private school and then i i choose to go to a private school for college (laughs) (laughs) i feel like the tables of dirt (laughs) i I feel like that's a good uh good transition though um at least to uh to what you've been doing in college so sam i sort of took the uh, the high school interview part you want to take the college part well um i was just wondering jake how because you say you start Starting a sport freshman year is, like, not to be understated, but that's relatively soon to then have success. How did you improve to a point where you could have that individual success by moving on to Masters and um, kind of leading the golf program for Roseville into what it is today? Um, I mean, a couple things went my way. Like I said, the change to the CBC – was a huge factor. If we we're in the SFL, I don't know if I would have made it as far um, at the time, at least. And then when I say starting freshman year, like I had a baseball background and athletic background. So me starting golf wasn't necessarily the same as most people, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Like when I picked up a club. Yeah, you're not starting from scratch. My, yeah, it's not like someone just going to top golf and swinging and taking a look and be like, oh, I can hit the ball, you know. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, just working my way up through the years, just like I've always had such a competitive attitude um, and just really thrived off of competition. So I remember my dad beat me in Hawaii the first time I went to Hawaii. We played golf, and he beat me freshman year by one stroke. And I said, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's really, really what made me go. I mean, that's – and so he's never beat me again. <laughs> that was that, that was that. I just chose to get better, chose to improve. Uh, got job at a country club at Sierra View, two blocks away from Roosevelt High School. So got a lot of opportunity to go and practice and play all the time. Played our high school matches there. Um, and so just that opportunity to be able to practice that much ultimately propelled me to the collegiate level. What um, what year did you get that job at Sierra View? Uh, probably right around when I turned 16, I think. So sophomore year, maybe. Sophomore year. And then you play, I don't know, roughly maybe five days a week? Yeah, I mean, pretty much had a club in my hand most days, for sure. But let me tell you, working at a golf course is the most underrated job in high school. (laughs) That's probably for sure. I mean, that that was so much fun when I think back to to the high school days. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of, a big part of it for me. Well, I mean, think about how much money you save. Because golf is, it's a hard sport to get into just because of all the barriers of entry to getting in. Like, it's so expensive to get yeah. the right equipment and to get adequate practice in. And just finding that, like, that different way of working at the course and then being able to play it is just, I mean, I think that's, I, I think, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you can attribute that to some of your success for sure. Definitely. I mean, also to say that like technology is improving so quickly. So that, I mean, it's consistently just becoming more expensive as the days go on. Um, and then, yeah, the sport has always been historically known as expensive. It's funny too. I, I keep telling my parents this too. I mean, I'm, I just got it so good. I'm one of the luckier kids for sure to come out of the school. I mean, I chose private school, college golf, and we live in California. Those are like the three expensive, most expensive things you could think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. 
Like that's just the combination for a lucky kid for sure. Yeah, you're not you're not cheap, Jake. You're not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, expensive taste. <laughs> hey, that makes that makes us look good. We have we have a we have a high high level guest on the show now. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Well, you know what? And it's funny you say that because uh, Ben, uh, who also plays uh, collegiate golf right now, he got a job. Um, I believe it was this last summer at Timber Creek. Um, and I remember him talking about how much it was just helpful in terms of one being hooked up at that course, just having pretty much free access to that course pretty much whenever he wanted to. Um, but then he also got hooked up with a whole new set of clubs. Pretty much for, I think it was for free. If it wasn't for, if no, it wasn't he paid free, money. no, he paid money. Well, it, well, I wasn't. It was, it was discounted. It was a huge discount in terms of what it originally could have been. Is basically for free. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I could tell you more about it if you want to. So I worked with Ben at Timber Creek as well in high school, or not in high school in college, I guess. Um, and so I know like that he got the discount from Derek, who's the head pro there. Yeah. And Derek happens to be my swing coach, so I kind of was there when Ben was getting that whole deal. So, yeah, so, he definitely got a good discount mm-hmm. for the clubs and stuff like that. What That's clubs great. are you rocking, Jake? Uh, I play ping, so I have ping eye blades. Um, I don't need to get into specifics, but <laughs> well, we can get into specifics. <laughs> <They're>, uh, <laughs> they work, man. The ball flies. Hey, that's all that matters. You know? all you need, <laughs> that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Um, so a cool thing too, recently we got to, uh, our team is actually, so we're division three. Um, last year we won our conference, which is pretty cool. Um, but regardless of divisions, I mean, everyone can compete really, mm-hmm. especially in Southern California. I mean, there's division one programs on the East coast that you could argue were better than just because of opportunity. I mean, we can play every single day. I mean, it's 70 degrees in Southern California, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, when it's snowing in New York, right, you know, and you go to a big-time Division One school, but you can only play half the year, I mean, good luck. So we, we actually compete in some Division One events. So we just played with, like, UCLA, Gonzaga, Sac State, um, Utah Valley, a bunch of big Division One schools. Well, how was that? How did you guys do? Um, poor. <laughs> we, definitely got ex- <laughs> we definitely got exposure. I mean, the thing about college golf, too, compared, I feel like, for me, since I have loved watching other sports and playing other sports growing up, I have a fair kind of testament to how golf compares to the other sports. And if there's one thing that's true for sure, it's it's the fact of, like, the weather that we play in. I mean, there's – like, I watch, I mean, college baseball, and they'll just absolutely rain delay, you know what I mean? But college golf, we – We've literally played through it all. We've played through 40-mile-an-hour winds, pouring rain, freezing cold, even snowed in an event. Um, and so we're definitely hit with adversity, especially on 36 whole days when we're walking for 10 hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, our most recent event was, take a guess how many miles we walked for 36 holes. Uh, it was a big, big, boy, big boy golf course, not like Diamond Hoaks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's tough because I don't know how long a normal, like I have no, I have no way to, to gauge that. 5,000 uh, yards? <laughs> is a well, the thing is too, like some courses stretch further than others, right? From, yeah. you know, hole to the next tee. So it's not like a back line 
classic country club that doesn't stretch very far. This this course was Goose Creek, and so it's um, basically like a casino course. But anyway, it stretches out. So anyway, we walked seven miles per 18. So I ended up walking. It's on my phone. I walked 14.1 miles that day. We teed off at 8 a.m. and finished at dark. <laughs> I was going to guess five. 14 is way, way off. Yeah. So there's just a lot more factors that go into it. Like, obviously, you don't need to be a tremendous athlete to play. But the collegiate level, the game's turning into a big, a big difference when you're in shape. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well, um, so, and actually, that's kind of funny that you bring that up because I'm I didn't I didn't know if we were gonna ever dive into the to the PGA stuff, and I don't want to get too deep into the PGA stuff because we had you want to talk about you, but um, you know, one of the guys you talk about, you know, physical fitness, um that we've talked about a lot on this show was uh, Brooks Kepka and just being how, in terms of you look at him um, compared to some of the other golfers and just how much, how physically dominant he looks out there, not only in his play, but just his stature. Like he's, he look he doesn't, and I don't, I don't want to like stereotype golfers or anything, but he looks like a, like a freaking bodybuilder as opposed to a, as opposed to a golfer. Um, definitely. And so I, you know, now that you, now that you bring that up, like how much, how much of a factor do you think that plays in terms of, in terms of his play being as, as physically fit as he is? Yeah, I think, I mean, Kepka is definitely an outlier on tour right now, but I think that's the way that the tour is going to start, I guess, going really, um, just with fitness and stuff like that. I mean, just in all sports too. I mean, just the longer we go on, the more generations, like just everyone's improving. Right. And so I think his fitness and stamina and, you know, working out like that is definitely helps him. But like at the end of the day, like golf, what separates, you know, from five to the first best player in the world is, is like the mental game really. And so I think his success doesn't really necessarily come from the weight room. It comes from just his mindset. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, he's, he is an absolute self-belief person and that's what you really need to have if you're going to compete on the world stage. And so like he has the attitude of kind of almost, almost arrogant, but, but yet just, you know, I'm, I'm better than you. I'm going to go out and compete and I believe myself. Right. And that's that. And he's winning. He's won four majors out of the last, I think like 12, which is ridiculous especially in today's generation with how much talent there is on tour, like one through 50 in the world is absolutely loaded. And he continues to win with just a nonchalant, just go out there, show up 30 minutes for my tea time and just dominate. And I, so as, some, as I, somebody who plays, like how because as a casual, like I play just kind of casually and I watch pretty casually, but as somebody who um, watches golf and plays a little bit, like I, for me personally, I love that. I love that he's so casual about it. And he just goes out there. He's like, "All right, cool. Tea times at at four, and then yeah, I got I got dinner at eight. So let's go." Um, yeah. and, like I personally, I love that. But as for somebody who has pretty much made a, like based their living the past couple of years off of golf, um, what what do you think of that? Do you think that's good for the game? Do you think uh, do you enjoy that about him, or like what's your opinion about that? I think it's just changed the narrative of 
and like perception of what people see golf as like before. Yeah. I mean, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and even dating back to, I mean, the 1800s when golf was created, it's always been like country club style. You need to do this. You need to dress this way. Um, or just a respectful sport. And so now it's changed to where things like things like top golf and are getting more people into the game and they're trying to grow the game, which is great. Um, and with that, with more people just comes more, more attitudes, I guess. And so you're seeing, you're seeing people just want to go out and play and have drinks and with their buddies and hang out, which is awesome. And he's just kind of that way. He's that breed where he's just not, he just doesn't want to take part into the, you know, I have to take my hat off and shake your hand. This kind of idea of how golf was in the past. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's really changing the narrative of it, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, Sam, I know we've sort of had that conversation a little bit, but like, what what's your opinion on it? Yeah, we talked about it before. I mean, um, I do. I think it's tough because I don't want to like contradict myself, but I think he is good for golf because he is so relatable, um, and he gets golf more in that that uh, like what's it called? Um, just like gets it in the. Uh, spotlight a little more than uh, some of the other guys because mm-hmm. he's just so relatable and he's um, he's a big personality on and uh, that's just off the court. media in today though that's absolute the media today just you're gonna pick that's there's just good like Patrick Reed same deal there's just heroes and villains in each sport mm-hmm. uh-huh. and so he's since he's won early and you know, is as fit as he is and just he's gonna be the hero for now at least and do you think that's um, just how it goes. Do you think other golfers I feel like and I may be totally off base here, but I mean he does have his friends on tour, but it also feels like there is some sort of like a resentment. Maybe jealousy is where it's based from. But like there's guys that are like bristling their feathers when towards Brooks Kepka because of how Absolutely. he approaches the game. Absolutely. Just because, I mean, golf, too, like, a lot of these guys who come out on tour start at such a young age. Like, they didn't have – they're not – they didn't start, like, when I started. You know, they start at two. They play really high in amateur events. They travel the world. They come from lots of money. Mm-hmm. And they have their swing coaches and, you know, super expensive just everything. And so they, they're super technical with their swing and stuff like that. And then they have a guy who comes out who doesn't really have, like, a big-name swing coach didn't come up through big amateur events and then just dominates. And then they see that and they're just kind of like, what? Like, and just jealousy takes over. Mm-hmm. So I, I would leads me to believe that there's definitely jealousy taking part on tour with him. When, uh, when you go play, are you really like strict and respectful on like, not really respectful. Cause I don't think it's disrespectful on how like even Brooks kept it goes about playing, but it like, strict towards like keeping the sanctity of like the game intact like golf for all the sports that have changed so much over the years i feel like golf has stayed pretty much consistent other than the equipment has gotten a lot better and obviously yeah. athletes have gotten more i mean i've involved i that's just habit for me that's how i was raised like from ever since I started working at the country club, I've developed habits of, 
of golf like that people don't even know you know what i mean like when you're when you're talking with members just ha- like showing respect to them certain things that you do um that it's just kind of like i feel like golf sometimes is like the outlier of all sports just because it's like its own world sometimes and it's just vastly different than a lot of the other sports mm-hmm. and can be seen as like the leisure sport um but yeah i definitely can say i have developed like certain habits of how golf should be treated and stuff like that. Hey, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing leisure when I'm shanking balls from one side of the fairway to the other. There ain't nothing leisure yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the coolest part though, is the game is growing so quickly. I love to see that. Like you're starting to see the president's cup Ryder cup. I mean, just people are loving the game. You know what I mean? They love that they can go out and hang out on a weekend. And I mean, think about it too. When you're older, and you can't play basketball, you have a bum hip, and you can't play baseball, your rotator cuff is torn, and you're, you know, whatever, 40, and you got a wife and kids, and you can get away for five hours to go play golf with your friends and drink a beer after. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's going to beat that? So that's the way Retired. I see it. Hey, when, Jason, when your dad retires, maybe he's going to pick up golf. <laughs> no. <laughs> My dad does not have the patience for golf. <laughs> not at all. That's what I thought when I took it up, man. But you learn you learn a lot about yourself, man. Nothing comes easy in this game. You know what I mean? Like you're always like the thing is that I've learned in like at least seven years of golfing now is like you hit a great shot and the game just does not care at all. It's like great, do it again great do it again mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's just i mean that's just the game <laughs> there's highs and lows of emotions stuff like that but yeah my dad's favorite thing to do in sports it. was uh, he was a middle linebacker he uh he, he likes smacking some running backs around he can uh he can hit the ball he can join like elderly uh long drive competitions nah he nah he <laughs> likes you call my dad elderly <laughs> I mean, he's older. I'm respecting him as my elder. Hey, my dad would still take us both. I have nothing. Probably to at the same time. <laughs> Probably at the same time. Mr. Russell, if you're hearing this, I have nothing but respect for you. Uh, no, he's not listening to this. <laughs> Way to clear the air. Yeah, just need to make that clear. There is no stepping on the toes. Um, Jake, so before we, uh, before we kind of move on to the, uh, the segment that we have, uh, prepped for you, so, um, add a couple more questions about where you're at right now. Do you have a, do you have a favorite memory so far of your collegiate career? Do you have one that stands out? Definitely. Um, just to summarize it real quick, freshman year in college, I got here in our rival school, Claremont, which is 10 minutes down the road. Uh, they won conference freshman year. They basically took the trophy on our home course right from our hands, um, which was pretty bitter feeling. And then the following year we backed it up and we took back the trophy. We won conference. Um, and so I guess if you were to say my best moment in college so far would just be final round of conference in Pasadena and winning and then partying after drinking out of the trophy. Oh, that's awesome. Drinking like water, right? Not alcohol. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> oh man. Um speaking of which, Sam, I I didn't know you're turning uh, 21 soon. Yeah, in uh 2 days. Congratulations. Welcome welcome, <laughs> welcome to the club, young guy. 
Welcome to the club. Are you already 21, Jay? I I turned uh, 21 February 10th. So so you got any advice? I, it's a, it's like a whole new. Uh, it's overrated. No, I'm just kidding. It's not overrated. It's the greatest thing ever, it's man. It's the greatest thing. So this is my plan. It's really not. Um, I don't know how this conversation got turned into I mean, me, but I'm going to turn it into it. Uh, my plan is I'm going to get off work because I work on my birthday. Um, and I'm going to go to Safeway and buy some alcohol for myself for the first time. Very cool. For the first time. <laughs> buy myself some, yes. Others have <laughs> graciously oh, gifted me some before, but I didn't drink at it. It was just like decorations at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. I took a. Sh- I didn't buy any alcohol on my twenty first. I took a shot on my birthday, but I didn't. I didn't uh, go out and actually <laughs> buy any. Oh, uh, you, you guys are funny, man. We're living different lives right <laughs> now. <laughs> well, I tell you what, shit, like I. Out of the out of the salmon out of Sam and I, he's the drinker. I'm not. I I don't. I do not drink. Um, you just paint me as like an alcoholic. Yeah. No. He's just. That's some, he, good, that's some good discipline. He's, right throw, he's throwing it down. Well, I, I mean, I I mean, with the with the job and everything, with the, with personal training and whatnot, and being a trainer, like I, you know, I, I mean, I could, but when uh, I really like when I, when I come home for a spring break, you're getting fucked up with me. Okay. It's not, it's not happening. Like you no, can it's drive. Gonna, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. James. No, it's, it's not happening. Like I will, I will have a drink with you, but I am not going to, I'm no, not we're getting, getting drunk. We're getting destroyed. It's not happening. <laughs> like we're going to be sending Jake, like, uh, like he needs a decrypted, like <laughs> decryptor to, so last thing i would add, like to add about golf too before we jump on go ahead to, i'm sure football or something but the thing too is like ever since i came to college one underrated part of playing collegiate sports and a lot i'm sure other people in our class can attest to this who play collegiate sports is is the team aspect of it and so coming into college right away you know, I mean, you go to a different school, you're making new friends, new campus. But really, when you have teammates, I mean, it's so much easier to adapt. And so that just honestly made my experience in college just so much better. I mean, we're in a team house with five guys on the golf team. And so just, I mean, obviously playing golf is a big deal. We're focused when we're on the course. But outside, I mean, we obviously have lives other than golf too, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's one thing that's so great about the team yeah. Well, that's one thing. That's one thing you remember from from just sports in general, and that's one of the things that makes sports, you know, as fun as it is. And it's not just it's not just the sport. You love the sport, but you love the guys around you. Um, yeah, and love. Uh, well, I mean, by the end of it, yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't speak for you and your teammates, but for the majority of my teammates, I well, mean, I, I didn't play with you, so that well, that's because you didn't catch any of my freaking passes when I threw it to you, <laughs> bro. They were, God, we were like five yards. Wait, are you talking about football or basketball? Basketball. You know what play? You know exactly what play I'm talking about. <laughs> Bro, you're just too strong. You don't know your own strength sometimes. Dude, I had to get you the ball. Like, just catch it. It's not that hard. It it's is whatever, man. It's <laughs> whatever. It's in the past. I, I, don't even, I don't even bring it up. Uh-huh, sure, whatever. Um, so, speaking of basketball, did you see the Kings game tonight? Uh, I was at work. I did not. No, unfortunately, I I I was at work. But you sent me a message about it, and I think Sam was at work too. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw the score, like updates, but yeah, so, so they won. 
Yeah, well, Barely. you didn't see. So the Kings are up 27 at halftime. Uh-huh. And they're tied going into the fourth quarter. Because they gave up 46 points in the third quarter. Yeah, 46 to 19. Like 46 from, that's pretty tough. It's cra- It's just crazy that it's like this team is so hard to watch. Cardiac kid comes easy. Yeah, I know, but we're still three games back of the eight seed. I, with a much more talented team. I than totally like forgot Memphis. you were a Kings fan. That's right. Yeah, no. I, yeah, it's not like I'm from Sacramento. Or well, hey, just because you're from Sac, <laughs> it doesn't mean <laughs> plenty of people have left that ship. <laughs> Um, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, no, they've been hot since the All Star break. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten, and um, I think have won like what five out of their last six, something like that. And they should have beat uh, uh, like OKC too. Oh, OKC, gosh, yeah. that game hurt. <laughs> that game that's hurt. Um, did Memphis play tonight? Because they're still three games back. Gosh. No, they played yesterday. They played last night. Yeah, they played. Yeah, they beat Atlanta. Atlanta. They freaking thumped Atlanta. One twenty-seven to eighty-eight. Yeah, but the Kings got. Um, isn't Simmons and Embiid still out for the Sixers? Believe so. So they got them, and then they got. Uh, and they played uh, tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So they got the Sixers coming up, and then they have that Blazers game, which we mentioned on Saturday. Easy they'll dub. get the. They'll get the Raptors. Uh, uh, but not. Dumb. They're in. They're in Sacramento, you know, maybe. You never know. We've beaten Boston and the Clippers twice. I don't even know how that's possible, but it's happened. Um, and then you got the Pelicans, which is – the Pelicans game is a must win. And then you have a Brooklyn team that's uh, that's not great. And then a Mavericks team who, you know, you've, you know, you've played tough this entire year. Um, so they've got a, they've got a stretch. Um, after that, they play the Rockets. But then, again, it's the Magic, Pelicans, Cavaliers – Hawks, Pacers would be tough, but you can beat the Spurs. They've already beaten the Clippers, and then I mean they've got a pretty, they've got some favorable games coming up. I mean, never say never. Especially when you look at um, Memphis's schedule, I mean, there's like twenty something games to go, and Memphis's schedule gets really tough, especially in the last ten. I was looking at it earlier. Uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, in their last, their last ten. Yeah, Celtics, Raptors. Oh, they play the Raptors on back to back, back to back games. That's kind of funny. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. March twenty eighth, and then March thirtieth. Literally back to back. I don't games. know. Wait, is um, it like they play in Memphis and then play in Toronto? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Why? I don't know. Well, the, okay. So the, here's the weird things for the for the Grizzlies, right? So they play on the twenty eighth. They're at home against Toronto, uh-huh. and then they go to Toronto on the thirtieth, and then uh-huh. they just to come back. Home? home and play oh the Knicks. <laughs> what is that? Like, is Memphis and Toronto are not close. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, okay, but then they weird. got the Mavericks, they... Trailblazers, Nuggets, Thunder, Sixers, Look at that Rockets. last five. Yeah, the last five. Blazers, Nuggets. Th- I mean, that's a tough schedule. So, I mean, never say never. Especially in only a week. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, I... <laughs> Tell you what, a month ago, I there's no way that I would have said that. I mean, we were on this show saying that the Kings were like a lost cause, um, and then you know here they are. They started to rattle off some wins. So, uh, but here, here's here's the startling stat for me for the top nine teams right now in the Western Conference. So I'm just going to go down the list. I'm going to read you their last their record in the last ten games for each of them. Right, nine and one, six and four, six and four, seven and three, six and four, six and four, six and four. The Grizzlies are the only team 
who are not above 500. They're four and six, and the Kings yeah. are seven and three. So, but those top tier Western Conference teams, I mean, like, they're not losing. <laughs> they're not going to gain any ground on anybody else. It, it is only Memphis. How's uh, yeah. New Orleans been in the last 10? New Orleans, they're six and four in the last 10. They could be scary. And too, the, Spur- the Spurs are four and six. They're not the- your thought. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they are. They are, and so the Trailblazers are three and seven, and they're in the tenth yep. spot. So, I mean, you never know. You never know. Is this the what's King's funny? Year? Is like the East Coast. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what do you guys? I just laugh at the Eastern Conference, though. Like twenty-seven and thirty-four gets you the eight seed right now. That's exactly. That's pathetic. Well, and twenty-seven <laughs> this... and thirty-three gives you the seventh seed. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's such a stark contrast between the top 16s in the Eastern Conference and the seven because the 16 yeah. right now is the 76ers and they're 37 and 25. And they're right now hobbled with uh, Embiid and Simmons being out. So, you know, they're going to sort of be an afterthought in the playoffs. So maybe it is just the top five in the Eastern Conference yeah. right now. But the sixth seed is 37 and 25, and that seventh seed is 27 and 33. That's a, that's a 10 game difference between in the win column. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's I would love to see a Lakers Kings playoff game. Boy, that would be crazy. Ooh. That'd be that'd be so much fun. Because I mean, like they get smoked. if the Kings get in, there's oh, only yeah. one team we're playing. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Yep. There's no other. There's no other scenario. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they're not going to get the seventh. It would only be the eighth. And I mean, I'll tell you what. <laughs> well, I was we were talking about this a long time ago when Ben when Ben was on the show and even off the show. Like if I don't care how much money you got to pay to go watch a home playoff game with the Lakers. But like, just I, I take my money now. Like I'll be there for at least one of them. You know? Uh, yeah. How fast are those tickets going to be sold out? If that were to happen? I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be right there waiting. First playoff game in, in like a decade. And it's against the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Sacramento is rocking tonight too, especially they're against rocking. the game tonight. I mean, but they they were loud, like especially late in the fourth too. Got a great fan base, best in the world, best in the league. You know, <laughs> nobody. It's only, just me. Okay, only, only, <laughs> only a lot of buyers. Yeah, <laughs> nobody. Just me. Um, yeah, it'll be. I mean, it'll be interesting to to see what they do. And um, I tell you what, uh, one one thing that I'm loving right now is our one two punch with the with Giles and Len. Um, and I think with Holmes starting, I don't know if you guys heard the report, but he's starting to, starting to kind of, to work his way back in. Um, I, one thing, there was a report that came out at least off a sideline interview talking about Luke Walton, talking about bringing Rashawn Holmes back into the rotation. And I like the point that Luke had made, you know, Rashawn Holmes isn't somebody that you have to, um, you know, he's not a guy like Fox or Buddy where you have to draw up plays for them and, and be the main part of their offense. I mean, Holmes is an energy guy, so you can throw him right back in and he can go give you, you know, 10, 12 uh, minutes of just playing hard. And having another guy like that um, with, you know, our, our three big guys with, with Harry, Lynn, and, and Holmes, those three guys together, you know, not all on the court together, but, I mean, the, the energy that those three, guy, that those three guys bring is, is phenomenal. When's uh when's our future all star like Doug Christie and Grant Napier like to call him Marvin Bagley coming back? See, I don't know. And do you think it's even necessary to bring him back for this season? 
Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to see something from yes. the dude. Yeah, I got his jersey. I need to. I can't be. You have his that. jersey. Oh, <laughs> come on, man! Dude. That's the kiss of death. <laughs> At least for Sam. I haven't worn it since, early. man. It's too early, Jake. No, you got a Bogdanovich jersey. I thought, bro, he's a stud. Well, Bagley's come a stud. on, Bagley's, Bagley's for real, man. Bagley's for, he's just he gotta play. Like Thirty-five total games in his NBA career. That's not true. He's, he might be the I Sam just think Bowie. That, I, do, <laughs> I just think that since Lucas had success early, people were like doubting Bagley because he hasn't done the same yet. They're since not. We very well could have gone the other way, but man, like, come on. He's In all fairness, game. we didn't need another guard. They're not <laughs> doubting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're not doubting Bagley because of what Lucas is doing. They're not even talking about Bagley. That's even. That's worse. That's like DeAndre Ayton yeah. level. No one's talking about DeAndre and he was the first overall pick. Because he's That's just true. an afterthought. He's been playing well. Like don't don't sleep on that guy. He's good. I'm sleeping on him. He's when Holmes comes back though, I think things will be better. Because when he was in too, we were at least more energized team for sure. When, oh, he, man. when he got he, injured, it was just like it's just death right away. Like, yeah, no, he has he, I I loved watching Holmes play. I it was so much fun. Uh Watching him play, he's such a, I mean, he's such a hard, like he just plays hard, and I love that. Shows some emotion too. Yeah, and I, like I love that. I love seeing that from from Harry. That's one of the reasons why I love watching him play so much. Is he's just out there. He's you can tell he's giving it everything he's got. Same with Len, uh, and Bazemore since he's come over has been uh, flying around the court, and um, even Bogdanovich recently has decided he likes to play defense. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Jake? Huh? Dad yeah. Bogdanovich. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching. <laughs> but, like, is it just me? Or have you guys noticed that, too? Like, I feel like he's really sort of sort of dug in a little bit on defense. No. Okay, whatever. I mean, he had some steals tonight, too, where he came over off his man and got some. I, I'm starting to – I, I am personally starting to notice it a little bit more. I think the Kings' defense is so weird because, like, when guys get to the rim on them – they all just go straight up because they don't want to foul, which is good, but it's like they give up easy looks at that point. I feel like everyone does it on the team. That's true. Because um, they've been taught to do that. That's just my point. That's true. What I want to know is what is that Berton's fool shoot? Like he, he probably shoots like 45% from Oh, yeah, three. he came from San so Antonio. Yeah, because yeah, we're up by like 10 and typically, I think it was like 33 seconds left tonight. And typically, like you, you're like, okay, this game's over, pretty much, unless something crazy happens. And it just seems like every time the Kings have a lead with that much, we give up just a wide open yeah. three, just to make it interesting. <laughs> like every Gotta time, give him a show, the Gold right. Center. Yeah. Well, who was that guy on and the then, Pistons who was doing that uh, the other night? It was um, the freaking uh... Mikhailuk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, like every time, every time he put up a three. Bro, the Kings' defense is not good. I didn't say it was good. Definitely a weak part of their game. Yeah, for sure. But I like that they're starting. Like at the beginning of the season, like they were not, they were not playing with any pace at all. And it seems like after the break, they really decided. You know what? Um, remember when we were winning all those games last year? 
Yeah, let's do what we were doing last season. And yeah. it seems like they're playing a lot faster. Now. Fox is just like saying, hey, you know what? There might be three defenders there, but I'm going to bully one of the guards because apparently he's like strong now, yeah, which is so weird. And he just bullies his way into fast break layups, and it's really cool to see. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so Sam, oh, this is that was a stark transition, but I want it. But we definitely need to get to this because I'm, I'm I don't even know what what's coming next. Oh, um, you will. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we uh, we have a segment that we do with every guest uh, that we bring. It's called Grill the Guest. Um, and, uh, Jake, uh, you're a guest, so it's time to, uh, time to do the segment. Uh, and normally this is pretty, I mean, this is Sam's segment. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat around the bush and say that I came up with this. This was Sam. Um, so this is, this is his segment. So he, he writes the questions for this and. Wait, you wrote all these questions. Yeah, that's a complete lie. I think I've done grill the guest. I think I've written grill the guest questions once. 99% of the time it's, it's you. So, uh, this is his segment. So. Take it away, dude. Ooh. This makes me more nervous. Well, dude, I don't even know what's coming because i got to answer the questions too, so, or at least some of them. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going to start off. Fire we're going to start off easy, Jake. Question number one. Who do you want to replace Philip Rivers in L.A.? Money. Uh, not Brady. <laughs> um, honestly... As a true Chargers fan, I think it would benefit us if we went free agent quarterback rather than draft okay. one. Because I would like, like, I kind of want to see Herbert, uh, but I feel like we could get feel like we could get Simmons from Clemson and have him to go with Derwin James, and that defense would be unbelievable. And so I think what we're gonna do, I honestly, this is an underrated pick. I wouldn't mind seeing Marcus Mariota in LA. Ooh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. That's at all. a name I've not heard. He throwing around, yeah. Beat by no, every, I mean everyone's talking about like Newton or Tua or, I mean I don't know how it's going to shake shake down, but uh, Mariota would be interesting too if we we might end up cutting Gordon saving money, so Eckler and him. I running. got a I got a name for you because Philip Rivers uh, is buddy buddy with one of the uh, offensive coordinators uh, down in Indianapolis whose name I'm blanking on right now. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So let's just hypothetically say, yeah. what if you guys swapped quarterbacks? What if Brissett? <laughs> no, I'm like, seriously, no, because no, you're talking about Mario. No, I, you're talking I about think, Mario, uh, and I'm, I'm saying the difference between Brissett and Mariota, like, I think I would rather have Brissett than Mariota, truthfully. So I'm asking you. <laughs> um, I mean, I think Rivers, if I had to take a guess where he's going, I think Indy is where he's going to go. That seems like the most likely uh, but area. Not, not Tampa like, Bay? Especially after watching... Especially after what? Well, that could be interesting too. <laughs> One of those two, but I mean, especially after watching the last like I don't know how many years I've watched with Rivers and seeing where the NFL is going right now, like I want to see a running quarterback. Like I just want to see a a quarterback who can extend mm-hmm. the plays, especially with how our O line is so beat every year by week four. <laughs> I mean, it's the same. You know what I mean? So it's like you got to prepare for that rather than just. C-O-R line, everyone's out for the year. Mm-hmm. Like, we drafted, we drafted, I think his name was Sam Tevy. Sounds funny, Sam Tevy. But <laughs> Sam Tevy from, from Utah. And I remember Mel Kuyper was like, oh, yeah, this guy, it was like fifth round. This guy's like, oh, yeah, he's not going to play. He's going to be, like, backup. And he's basically saying he's going to need some time to learn. 
And what do you see but Sam Tevy left tackle week three. <laughs> and I'm just like, this guy shouldn't even be, on, like, dressed. He shouldn't even be in uniform <laughs> this right now. This man should not have a job. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. When uh, Okun went down and then Pouncey went down and then our line is just the same every year. It's beat by week four. And so we need some quarterback who can extend the play. I like that. Um, so I, I think Mariota would be really fun to watch. Um, if I were to – if we're going to draft one, I'd probably say yeah, Herbert. Ducks either way. Um, yeah, I think Pac-12 represent. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Jason, did you throw it? You said Brissett. Well, I was just – yeah, I was throwing out the hypothetical. I like the idea of, of, of Mariota actually being there. He made a good point um, about uh, about that. I think I think that right now – the hottest, the hottest free agent quarterback, I'd say, name wise, is probably Bridgewater. But I don't know how, um, I don't, I don't know how likely a scenario that is. I think maybe, I think if, um, I mean, you talked about having I uh, get drafted Simmons, but if the Chargers really don't think they have a shot in in free agency with any quarterback, then it's probably smart to draft one. I mean, because there, there are some good yeah. quarterbacks in this draft. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to get that position locked in. So if you're if if the guy that you want at quarterback is there when their pick comes around, I don't think you gamble on trying to get a free agent quarterback. I think you go for your guy and then – you know, hope you find somebody else in the draft for, for defense. I think you try to go find your quarterback if you're not sure um, about free agency. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say maybe go to the draft for their quarterback. See, here, here's what I'm nervous about with that, though. Just, like, as a fan, we're picking six, mm-hmm. right? That is not a good spot. No. Because like, we know how important quarterback is. And if I had to take a guess, just from the previous years, seeing how the draft's going to shake down – if I had to guess, I'll say three quarterbacks go in the top five. Probably Burrow one, a tr- maybe a trade from uh, the Lions if they trade down and then someone gets Tua or even Washington. No, Washington wouldn't do that. But And then at five, Miami could take Herbert or Tua. So we're going to be picking six with probably three off the board unless we trade yeah. up, if I had to guess. So kind of depend well you just got to see how right. it goes no for sure i mean the draft starts at three really so the lions and the giants hold almost all the cards in the draft they could they could end up trading down grabbing the player they are going to get anyway and grabbing a second round pick mm-hmm. um that's the way i see it that's a good way of looking at it absolutely all right second question will one tiger woods Win a major this year? I think when people <laughs> they think that majors are just easy to come by, especially with, well, him. with him. Like people don't get people do not get this. Like if he does win, it'll be the Masters. I'll tell you that right now. If he does win, it will be the Masters. It's the smallest field. It's an invitation, really. It's the same course every year. He knows it so well. Um, and the crowds with them, which is a huge advantage, which people don't understand, especially with like roars around the course. Like he's starting to get the tiger effect back where other players deteriorate like they used to, you know what I mean? Like when there's a, there's a difference too, when he puts out and everyone starts walking, when another player is playing their shot, 
that's a factor that needs to be addressed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if I've been, I was just at Riviera um, watching him on Sunday at the Genesis Open, and it's cr- he wasn't even in the hunt, and so many people were watching him still. I mean, and Rory was in the lead, and I mean, he had a lot of followers, don't get me wrong, for a Sunday, but Tiger still had more, like triple the amount, which is crazy. So uh, I would say no. I don't think, I think there's too many good players, and to win a golf tournament, a lot of things need to go your way. Um, so I would say no, but if if he does, it will be the Masters. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's very realistic, though. All right. <clears throat> Hypothetically, you have a shot oh, no. to save your life. You can either attempt to hit the green of a par three with a putter <laughs> or leave a putt within two feet from 60 yards with a driver. Which one do you choose? Hmm. Probably just the putt from two feet with the driver. It's from 60, 60 yards. Feet. You said yards. I did say yards, oh. but I feel like that's too much. 60 feet, and you got to oh, leave that's it different. within It's two. way different. <laughs> Yeah, that's way different. I didn't realize what you were saying then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, probably try to hit the green now. (laughs) It's a whole new game. Yeah, I mean, Sam, that's a poor question. Come on. (laughs) What what do you mean? That's just both are both. No, both are not going to happen. Well, that's the point, (laughs) though. You got to get. I'm trying to figure it out. Have you never attempted to tee off with your putter? Um, I have after I missed a putt and I tossed the ball up in the air and hit it with my putter. And then yes, Does but not like to hit a green. Uh, when I make solid contact, I mean it's the lowest amount of degree, so technically it goes just as far as your driver. Okay. <laughs> hey, so it's you it's four probably safe. <laughs> <laughs> you get yeah, I mean I, I would pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> simple. Right. I feel like your safer shot is putter. Like, I, cause yeah, yeah. I feel like it just, yeah. Cause I mean, two, two to putting it within two feet of the hole with a driver from sixty feet away. I mean, but you are just rolling it. You are just rolling it, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you're safer with the putter. Hmm, I'm gonna go with a Marshawn Lynch next question. <laughs> wow, you, so you just died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, Jake's yeah. dead. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, Laverne. <laughs> All right. Well, so what? What is your? What's your? Fa- this isn't a question. This was a. This is like a preliminary question. What's? What is your favorite golfer right now on tour? I mean, it's Tiger Woods. All right, he's okay. just the so one. I, I mean, that. Um, I have a lot. I mean, they're all the younger generation is really cool too to watch. Uh-huh. Um, Ricky Fowler's one. His his caddy is actually our assistant coach for the University of Laverne, so, oh, that's so sick. Um, we get a bunch of free Puma stuff. Um, so I'm, I always root for him. Um, Patrick Cantlay out of UCLA. I've been a UCLA Bruins fan since I was young, um, and played in tournaments with UCLA. So he's one. He's a Masters pick, maybe. Um, but the, yeah, there's a lot of good young talent. But Tiger is for sure big reason why I play the game. All right. So, bear, stick with me here. Would you rather carry Tiger's bags 
for a whole 18, but you can't talk to him. <laughs> or you get to follow him and talk to him for a whole 18, but after you have to clean his shoes with your mouth. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Phil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I could, I, there's no way I'm, see, this is a tough one too, but there's no way I'm going to caddy for Tiger for four and a half hours and not say a word, you know? Well, you can't, like, like the, you're, just, you're mute. You physically cannot say anything. And he, he doesn't even like acknowledge your existence. I just couldn't pick that one. I'd rather clean the shoes. I'd rather go down on the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and they gotta be, they gotta be spotless. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell him to wear soft <laughs> Oh man, Jason, you do you have a preference? Um, I, I feel like I'd I'd go with the mouth one. Too. I feel like I I feel Perfect. like this, I feel like I could easily go through the round and not talk to him. It'd be really easy not to say anything to him. But the thing is, is that if you're with Tiger Woods, like you got to talk to him. So I think I think I would just take I would think I would take the cleats and. I mean, I've eaten MREs before. How different can dirt be <laughs> from cleaning it? So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I, I got the shoes as well. So, you didn't say the playing conditions either, so we don't know what the oh, they're muddy. spikes are like. Oh, they're, oh, they're, they're, mu- they're muddy. You're playing at uh, Wood Creek Oaks. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, turkeys were all over the course. They were shitting. Tiger wasn't feeling himself that day, so he was he wasn't in the fairway the whole time. He was out in the in the rough stuff. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Just a pain. I'll take the I'll take the shoes. <laughs> yeah, still. Nothing's changed. Yeah, I was just... All right. You're playing around with your friends. You accidentally shank a ball on a par three and break a nearby window. A man pops out, and it's former heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder you don't have enough time to run away what do you do fuck that guy I lost 20 bucks <laughs> <laughs> well here's your here's your moment to get back at him uh I didn't even hear the last part of the oh, question <laughs> well, you don't rage. have enough time to run you don't have enough time to run away what do you do oh um I grab my driver first you got the, is oh, the wait. driver the way to go as a weapon? Actually, that's a good one. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Like a sand wedge in the Maybe gut. I'd probably grab like a four iron. I don't need the four iron. Yeah, grab the four iron. Four. And again, this is former world heavyweight champion or, who or is I'd, six seven. I'd call Fury. <laughs> that, okay, that was the best answer. Jason, what are you doing? Uh, it, well, if, well, you know, I gotta do what I got. Maybe I'll. Uh, well, I guess I gotta use the club that I've got. I don't think I would grab a four. I'd probably grab. Um, I'd probably grab a pitching wedge, and just. Or I'd give him my forty-pound bag because he can't fight. That's after true. He has that on his back. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Ridiculous. He dude. is punching Ridiculous. you out before any of that. Happens. <laughs> um, I'm just giving too good advantage. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll just. <laughs> I mean, if he's if he's coming at me and he's really trying to fight, I'm just I'll probably just bank on the fact that I can outrun the dude. <laughs> so you can't run away. That it was a stipulation. Oh, well, you know what? I chose to ignore that. <laughs> uh, well, he catches up to you. He, then what do he you do? He catches up to me. 
Oh God. Well then I go for the groin, I guess. <laughs> so sad. All right, this is the last question I have. Jake, is is would you say that George is still one of your best friends? Yeah. All right. Then definitely. <laughs> he says Perfect. he says no, and then George texts him after the show. He's like, "Okay, <laughs> man, we got to talk." Okay, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll say no and tell him, "Hey, go to go to hour one, eight minutes in." Where got a message for you, you buddy? Are, you are in the middle of the ocean, shark infested waters, and on each side of the boat is one, your twin sister, and on the other is George Hughes. You can only save one. Are you saving the person that you shared a womb with or the other that you shared life with? I shared life with both of them, technically, so. Who has the brighter future? (laughs) (laughs) That's for you to decide. Uh... That was a tough one. I hope they're not listening to this. Well, I, yeah, George I might actually, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll 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 save George because Haley's not listening. To this <laughs> <for sure. laughs> oh Dang. man, heartless. Yeah, I was gonna say George will probably get around. Oh, George, by the way, if you are listening, uh, your episode is the most listened episode that we have. Who knew? I know. But right? Jake, Se- Jake's probably gonna, second this after, this one, yeah, after this one. After this one, yeah, yeah. All right, that was all I had for Grill the Guest. How long did it take you to come up with those questions? Uh, I wrote them down 10 minutes before I left for work. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I... Did it seem seem about right? Roughly, (laughs) roughly. Well, he asked, he sent me a text. He was like, hey, man, how many many should I have and what should they be about? I was like, I don't know, five to seven and do a couple serious ones and then, I don't know, do a couple that aren't. Just do do what you need. He was like, I got you. And that was the last I heard. You didn't say any of that. Want to bet just, a thousand dollars? You asked me, oh, did you want to do a grilly guess? And I said, yes. And then I wrote them. Yeah, that's not true. And you asked me a question and you said, how many questions should I have? And I and what should they be about? And I said, five to seven and just make them some serious and some funny. Well, you want to go back and pull it up right now? Well, how'd I do, Jason? Did, how'd I do you that? Did perfect. You did amazing. Sorry, Jake. Sorry, Jake. Sorry, you had to listen. To <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's get back to a little bit of what we were talking about earlier because I, I I realized as we were talking that uh, Jake is uh, really in tune with uh, with the NFL and the NBA, and I'm I'm all for that. Um, so, dude, this upcoming season for the Chargers. Well, actually, no. Let's head back to this last season. I mean, the Chargers. <laughs> let's no, not. like just just like half a second. Chargers coming into the season. I can't speak much because the Raiders didn't do anything. But the Raiders weren't expected to potentially be a Super Bowl team. Chargers were. So what happened? <laughs> um, do you blame the team or boy. do you blame Phillip Rivers? <laughs> I don't I don't think blaming Phillip Rivers is fair just because the injuries we had at O line were just so bad. I mean he's playing so listen to this. Here here's what I'll tell you, which is just straight facts. <laughs> Okay, we had the 31st-ranked pass offensive line, okay? And typically, when you have a bad pass O-line, but, like, a good run O-line or one vice versa, you can live with that. But our run-ranked offensive line was 30th. 
Oof. So we we couldn't run the ball, and they so they know we're pa- typically like if we had one going, then our offense could roll a little. We could run, we could play action out of it, and it would be fine. Both sucked. Both were awful. So just the defense is just. I mean, we were the only time we got to throw the ball downfield were when he just hucked it up because we didn't have enough time to throw. It was like Mahomes in the first three quarters of the Super Bowl. Right. You know what I mean? Just didn't have enough time to get the ball downfield. Yeah, mm-hmm. against that stellar defense. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just couldn't run the ball. I mean, we couldn't run the we couldn't run the ball out to run the clock down at the end of the games to win. We couldn't throw the ball to mix it up. I mean, just it was a poor year. And then the defense was always on the field. I mean, there's just so many factors of why things went. I south. was do you but uh... definitely Oh sorry. Not a not the Super Bowl caliber type year mm-hmm. we were expecting. Oh, Sam, I thought you had something to say. Oh, I did. I was going to wait for you. Oh. Okay. Well, do you resent uh, Melvin Gordon a little bit? Maybe he set, like, a tone for that year that it wasn't, like, all about winning because he held out for so long? Or what do you what do you think about all that went down with one of your star offensive players? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean the NFL is a business, so like, I get that the holdout stuff, I think the problem where he went wrong was listening to his shitty agent. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I just don't understand how you expect to hold out and then come back and then get your starting job back when Eckler was carrying the load for us just mm-hmm. fine. So, and especially, I mean, if we're going to pay him 10 mil this year, Eckler can do the same job as him, if not better for way cheaper. So he's going to be cut if I had to guess for sure. I mean, Melvin Gordon's getting cut. Yeah, oh. Oh. hot take. We're not gonna, we're not gonna pay him. Hot take. No way. Damn, someone's gonna get a nice running back. I know, right? And if we if we do keep him, then we're not gonna go free agent quarterback because Rivers gone. So we got a lot of cap space. Um, so we'll probably draft a quarterback if we keep Gordon. But if we don't, then we'll probably go. Well, free let me agent. let me ask so you this because we asked you what you know what you thought what you think the Chargers are gonna do. What do you want the Chargers to do with their pick? Got him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, there's so many. The thing about quarterbacks, too, in the league is even the GMs who do this shit for a living, <laughs> they don't even know. I mean, it's a shootout, really. Like you saw with the Trubisky, Mahomes, mm-hmm. uh, Watson year. I mean, the Bears just fucked yeah. that up. Yeah. There's no other yeah. way around it. And then you're going to see Washington – probably regretting the Haskins pick as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even think the GMs know. So, it's really a, a guessing game. But, I mean, if you're going to get a quarterback for cheap, I wouldn't mind watching Herbert play. I just think that guy's a winner. Oh, he's from watching out. the Ro- Rose Bowl. Watching the Rose Bowl, he didn't really run as much all year. And then they took away the throw. I think, still was able to yeah, find a way to win. I think so. Herbert to the Chargers would be really interesting. Yeah. Um. Two it makes me a little nervous yeah. just because I don't know much about his injuries. I stuff. saw two things, two things this week that kind of surprised me. One was I saw Herbert in a mock draft going to the Patriots. And then I also saw – On a trade-up or where? No, they had the, – I don't remember whose mock draft it was, but it had the Patriots. That's a shitty yeah, it had mock the very, draft. Yeah, it had <laughs> the very first – it had the, the one of the Patriots uh, picks – 
I think it was their first pick, not trading up, getting Herbert at that spot. Um, That'd be huge for them. It, it, they could get Jordan it would Love be. maybe at and that then pick, but they – The other there. one that kind of surprised me was a mock draft that – it wasn't the fact that Chase Young was first, but they had the Redskins taking Burrow. So they had them. So they had them taking Burrow and then saying, "Okay, pretty much Haskins, like see ya." Yeah, I mean, if you're that takes some balls. If you're Washington to just say, I mean, if you're a good GM, you have the ability to say, "Hey, we don't like our quarterback, and we want to change right now." But if you don't have balls, you're just like you're not going to make a move. So I mean, I could see them taking like two at two, but. I don't think they're going to pass on Chase Young. No way. I mean, that's what uh, that's what Arizona did this last year to get Kyler Murray. They True. Had, yeah. Um, True. Yeah. They had Josh yeah. Rosen, who they said was the the future, and they bailed after yeah. one immediately. Season. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like it's worked out. For that's them. a good point. Um. Yeah. So that, that yeah, really that'll that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, one. I mean, I think the the three of us can agree that one two is in whatever order is going to be Burrow and Young, probably, right? Like, I don't think yeah. – I think um, I think Young Detroit is – I think that's, isn't Detroit I think that's trying to get, pretty for sure. Is De- Detroit's number two, right? Detroit's three. Three. Who's two? Washington. Washington. Third? Why don't they get uh, Tua? Why would they pick Tua and not Burrow? No, well, well, Burrow's going number one. Okay, well, I'm saying like, okay, so why would they not take – Chase Young, right then. Because they need a quarterback. But do they? Yes. Okay, see, that's the thing. They may not think they, they, may <laughs> not think they need a quarterback. Then they, then they are lost. <laughs> Sorry, that was a, uh, a uh, that was Star, Star Wars. Wars. Three, I got you. Uh, meme. I got you. That was <laughs> Obi-Wan. I got you. Nerd alert. Yeah, and the, at the yeah, end. Yeah, I got you. I'm right there with you. Um. <laughs> I think I don't know. I think one and I think one and two are a lock. I don't. I don't think. So there's. So I'll give you the. Uh, I'll give you the Bleacher Report draft order. I mean draft the mock draft right here. They have Burrow one and then Chase at two, and then where's where's the Chargers? Yeah. They have Herbert. Yeah, Six. they have Herbert going to the Chargers. Yeah. Um, and then they actually have the Raiders taking Isaiah Simmons. Um, which I would be at which 12? I'd be thrilled with if that yeah. happens, by the way. <laughs> that's like a that's like when we got Derwin James at sixteen well, or whatever. I honestly, players I, well I, I think know. the reason why they have at least in this one I I I think the reason why they have the Raiders picking Simmons is because the Raiders need a number one wide receiver and they have they have Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and then CeeDee Lamb all CD Lamb. before they get to the before they get to the Raiders. So I think by that point, if Simmons is still there, they take him. But if one of those three guys yeah. is available by the time the Raiders get there, if they don't take one of those wide receivers, I'm gonna be mad. They need a number one wide receiver because they just they don't have yeah. it. I mean, some pl- every draft, some player's gonna slip. That's For sure, a big name. You know what I mean? Like that's just how it goes. And the receiving class is probably like you might look back. This might be like the best receiving class yeah. you've mm-hmm. ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I mean, like out of all of them too, and they're all real good. But like, I could see the Raiders taking Ceedee Lamb. I would sure. love for them to get Ceedee Lamb, but he may he may not I mean, be available. The best of the receivers, yeah, because yeah. they have him going literally the pick right before that to the Jets at eleven. 
at least in this mock draft. There, there's so many good receivers though. Like there's that you could see five go in the first round. I really think so. Well, yeah, because the next one that they have after those three is Higgins. well, they have the Raiders picking because uh, the Raiders have two picks. They have uh, tw- twelve and nineteen. Um, so they because they got that they got that pick from the Bears. Um, still, still back oh, from that okay. Khalil Mack trade. Um, Gee, I feel like you guys are getting free picks Pretty every much. year. They have man. two. They What's have two on? first rounds and three second rounds. So, and uh, and that's based off of uh, their rookie class this year, which was uh, first in literally everything. Um, so, yeah, they have. I can't even pronounce this dude's name. He's from Colorado, um, Lavisca Chenault oh, yeah. or what? I don't even know how you pronounce his name. Yeah. So that would be four wide receivers uh, in this mock draft. And then at 21, they have a wide receiver going, which is Justin Jeffrey. And then they have 24, the Saints picking a wide receiver, and then the Packers picking a wide receiver as well. Who are the Niners picking? Yeah, they... In this mock draft, they have you picking a center from Oklahoma. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Do you need a center? I, I need a quarterback. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Jake, you're talking about it... Hart. You talked Bogdanovich earlier. Now you're talking Jimmy G. Oh gosh. Oh man. You really hurt him there, Jake. <laughs> that's his guy. Like that. That's even even more no, so. No, th- if I had to guess, I think uh, if I had to guess, I think Niners will take cornerback. Actually, Sherman sucks. Yeah, get rid of Richard Sherman. No, I really do. I really do. <laughs> I think they'll take cornerback. That'd be fine. No, I'll take uh, the Bama kid. Or well, anybody from Bama, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. At this point. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this draft, draft shakes out because there are a ton of wide receivers. There's, I mean, this draft just feels like it's loaded with talent, at least this loaded. first round. O-line. O-line's loaded, mm-hmm. too, at tackle. I mean, who – Like, um, I feel like we say this every year with some draft class. Like, oh, this, this draft class is, like, super loaded. It's got a ton of talent. And, obviously, every year the, the draft has a ton of talent. But I don't know why, at least – for somebody who doesn't pay attention to college football as much as I should, I I even feel like this draft has a bunch of names that I've heard um, of and, and know about. Um, and I think that says something just in the sense of like a casual college football fan actually knows yeah. these people. I mean, that Ruggs kid from Bama ran a four three eight, and he's projected to be the, like fifth or sixth wide receiver taken. Like you don't really see that. You don't see that much. Like this is this class is loaded, yeah, for sure. Um, who would you like to see the Raiders take? Let me hear that. Who would I like to see the Raiders take? Um, well, yeah. I don't receiver. So in terms of like, I don't think I have enough. I don't think I'm educated enough to really like specifically like uh, point out specific players. So I'd have to go by position. Um, they need a number one wide receiver. So if you get to 12, I think that's your first priority. If you have a wide receiver that you like, you take that wide receiver. And then at 19, um, I mean, their defense was not great last year. So I, I would love to have, um, I would love to have a, a really good um, uh, linebacker. I would love to have a good linebacker um, because it seems like it seems like our defensive line is a pretty sure it up we had two cornerbacks sort of come on last year that that played really well um 
And then, uh, you know, our, our stud safety last year, whose name I'm freaking blanking on. I sh- Jonathan, I Jonathan Abrams. Abrams. Gosh, man, I know. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I hate that I didn't remember that. But, yeah, so you drafted Abrams at safety. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe you take another safety to put him to, to you know, put opposite him. But uh, we really – I think we really need a linebacker. Um, so, you, I think you go wide receiver and you go linebacker. That would be hopefully – um, and then in the and then in that third, I mean that second round, you go defense twice, um, wherever, and then you and then you go for another uh, offensive guy. So I would hope they go three defense, two offense. Um, that would be that'd be my hope because I mean they were they were terrible on defense last year. Their offensive efficiency rank last year was sixth, um, and their defense was like bottom bottom like fourth of the league. They were not good on defense. So. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Raiders take um, Kenneth Murray at 12 from Oklahoma. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a linebacker, but that fool's a stud. you got to see like highlights of this guy. I'll check him out. Because right now on number 12, they have obviously Simmons as a linebacker, but Simmons plays like literally everything. everything. I think I heard a stat from him saying he played 100 snaps at four different positions last year, which is outrageous. Um, yeah. So yeah, they and like I said, I have I wanted them to go wide receiver linebacker, and on this they have them going linebacker wide receiver. So, um, I mean, I'm hoping that's what they do, but in reverse order. Um, but again, I think because I think they're probably going to target you know either Judy Ruggs or um, CD. So if those three guys are gone at that point, maybe it is. Maybe at that point, if those three guys are gone, it's the smarter decision to take a linebacker at that point, um, and then go wide receiver later on in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. But if one of those guys is still available, I, you got to go. You got to go pick one of yeah. them up. So, Sam, what do you? I've always been a. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. Draft. No, go ahead. I've always been a bigger fan for just taking the best player available like the teams who do that typically it works out well when teams stretch for a pick just by position like you look at some spots where teams have just picked the best player available and that works out so well even if they don't even need it Mm -hmm. like if Simmons is available and I'm not a GM or anything but like the dudes played yeah I think it was some like four different positions at 100 snaps that guy's not gonna bust yeah (laughs) like i Highly doubt that. Well, and like you, pl- you can plug him in right away. And after last year with Mike Mayock, I think he's sort of proved to everybody that that he, I mean, he had a really good draft last year. The Raiders rookie class was like was number one in, in almost everything on offense and defense. Like they drafted really well. So I would, I mean, I trust Mayock to make to make the right uh, right moves. Um, so. You know, hopefully, hopefully they uh, they hit on their picks. Sam, thirty-one. What do you want the Forty ers to do? Um, kind of in the same boat. I mean, if they if there is a wideout available, they should take um, or just trade back. Um, because I feel like O lineman would be good for them. Um, just either adding more depth or filling up like other spots um, what do you roster... guys need do you think like absolutely well, need. it depends on if they're planning on re-signing emmanuel sanders which it seems like he wants to come back and they 
I think, want him back, unless they're trying to get AJ Green. But um, they have to replace, uh, I think Jimmy Ward is going to leave, which would kind of suck. So maybe they go for like a DB in the draft. It's just tough because like the positions they're looking for are like ones that are, I think, kind of more risky. Like they're not as cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't they don't need a lot. I mean, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have the best <laughs> tight end in the league. They got the best run game in the league. They got stud defense. You know, we're, it's all good. You don't you don't have to cry for us. It's all good. They don't have a Super Bowl win, but from last year, but uh, and they got there. Yeah, <laughs> that's baby steps. Baby steps. Very true. Year four. Year four. <laughs> I was rooting for them. I did not want the Chiefs. And oh yeah. Jake, I, I'll ask you that because you're in the same boat as the Raiders, at least in the the same division. Uh, you, I just I'm gonna assume you are rooting for the 49ers and not the Chiefs, right? I was rooting for a tie and then them to never finish the game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Like that was, <laughs> I was really hoping they'd go to OT and then play out OT. No one scores, and then that was it. Well, you know the you know the scene from uh, <laughs> you know the scene from like the third Batman movie where Bane like blows up the entire football. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so like yeah. I was hoping Bane kind of showed up and and sort of That's got funny. him the whole That's thing. That's a good one. So you hope for mass murder? That's really hundred yeah. percent. Cool. That's really cool. Hundred percent. Yeah. If it's for the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, Jimmy G. Uh, <laughs> no, but like seriously, like I uh, like hundred percent. You like you can you can't root for the Chiefs in that scenario. No, right? I root for the Niners. I root yeah, for you the don't want that title to come back to the division. Like no. Oops. I rooted for. The, I had Kittle on my fantasy team too, so I I rooted for the Niners. Now there you go. Yo, he he delivered for you this year, huh? Uh, yeah, he did, but the rest of my team did not. <laughs> oh, we won't talk about that then. <laughs> Sam, you won this year, right? No, I I finished second. Oh, it was second. Oh, I thought you had that. Oh, double seconds, man. <laughs> <laughs> Super. <laughs> Oh, man, man, Sam with the sloppy just, seconds of the year award. Just get my hopes up and finish him just short. Oh, my gosh. Well, we just uh, – we finally – we just hit our uh, hour and a half mark. Um, and uh, that's sort of the time range that we like to shoot for. Um, Jake, is there anything that we didn't get to that you just feel the need to spread to the world, spread to the audience? Uh, anything about Laverne? Anything about school right now? Anything going on? Like maybe you have a secret deal with Nike and you're going to be on the PGA Tour next month. We don't know. No, man. Just college sports. It's fun. That's all I have to say. It's just worth worth my time for sure. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That'll be the title of the episode. <laughs> Jake Little John. College sports is fun. <laughs> um, Sam, you got anything you want to say to anybody? You got, you got like so birthday plans. Seriously, we'll end it with that. Birthday plans. Are you doing anything besides the basketball game? Oh well, the basketball game was on Saturday. Why well, no? I guess that's the, part of kind of a birthday present. Yeah, it's kind. That's what I. No, I literally said I was just gonna buy alcohol for myself and, and drink it alone until I give myself alcohol poisoning. Nice. Well, then that'll kind of ruin the show. Next week, I'll have to find somebody else to to sort of replace you. Bro, no one can fill my shoes. Like, let's be honest. Like, like, Jake, come on. Like, no one. Can who fill would I ask my if you shoes. couldn't do a show? Who would be the person <laughs> uh, that I would ask? <laughs> I'd probably have to turn to Josh. 
Like, I'd, I'd probably have to go to Josh. That'd be such a boring show. You guys would just, like, start preaching or something. I'd have to go to Josh. <laughs> I'd have to go to Josh and then bring Ben halfway into the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, All right, that'd sounds be like I'm cutting out then. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, but yeah, Jake. Seriously, thanks for coming on. Like it was, uh, it was. I was really glad that we got a chance to have you on because, um, you know, the way that this show has has grown over the past couple months is is by having uh, you know interesting guests who are who are doing things uh, after high school and, and doing uh, impressive, like seriously impressive things after high school athletically. Um, so you're you're right at the top of that list. Um, so seriously, thank you, uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So again, sorry guys that this episode was uh, was a day late, um, but uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, the show, and um, we will uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>